The entirety of the Bible centers around two main events, the first and second coming of Jesus Christ to the earth. For most people, the second coming, which will affect every single person on the earth, isn't even on their radar. And we'll discuss the second coming of Jesus Christ on this edition of The End Time Show. In the near future, as the lightning flashes from the east to the west, the clouds will roll back and Jesus Christ will return to the earth. Revelation 1-7 says, Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. It is prophesied to occur, and the prophecies always come to pass. It will be a time of separation. Every human being on the earth will either be a wheat or a tear, a sheep or a goat, the harvest or the vine of the earth, a saint or a sinner. To some, Jesus is going to return as a loving bridegroom, receiving his bride to spend eternity with him. And to others, according to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 8, he will come in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. A lot of gravity to this situation, isn't it? But to many people that I've talked to over the years, it's not even on their radar. Many people don't even want to talk about it. Many people don't even believe it. But every person will face it. At his first coming, Jesus gave his life to purchase a plan of salvation so that all would have an opportunity to make themselves ready for his second coming. He told us to be ready. In Matthew 24, 44, Jesus said, Therefore, be ye also ready, for in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. No one will be exempt. Again, to most people, this isn't even on their radar. But consider this. And this um, that 71% of the earth is covered by water which means there's only 29% that is land. So I know this is strictly a hypothetical situation, but just go with me here. What if I told you that in one year, all the land on the earth will be covered by water, and that there is, again, this is hypothetical, and but there's one spaceship that's going to take all of us to another planet which is absolute paradise. And I gave you specific instructions on how to get on that spaceship. And these instructions could not be altered for any reason. Now think about it. Everything you do, or at least I I would hope so, everything you would do would be geared towards making sure that you adhered to those specific instructions 
to make absolutely sure that you were on that ship, right? Now, consider the second coming of Jesus Christ, which is infinitely more important than the situation I just described. There's coming a time in the future when Jesus Christ is coming back to gather His elect. And there is a specific set of instructions laid out in the book called the Bible on how to be prepared for that second coming. And yet, it's not, there are a lot of people on the earth that it's not even on their radar. They're not paying any attention to it. They're not preparing themselves. They're not reading the book that has the instructions in it on how to be prepared for His second coming. But this is of utmost importance. So let's talk about the second coming of Jesus Christ because I want to make sure by the end of our program today that it is on your radar and that you are preparing for the soon coming of Jesus Christ. You say, well, Dave, I've heard about that for decades. Ever since I've been born as a child, they were talking about the second coming of Jesus Christ, and it hasn't happened yet. Well, I I understand that. And I've heard about it since I've been a child, and it hasn't happened yet either. But that does not mean that it's not going to happen. Every single person, if the Lord should tarry under the sound of my voice, you're either going to pass away from this life or you're going to go by way of the rapture. There's only two ways out of here. Every person. No one is exempt. And so I am going to make sure that I prepared, whether I go by way of the grave or whether I go in the rapture, whether I'm those that are alive and remain at the time of the rapture and that are caught up to meet him in the air along with those that have came first out of the grave that I have prepared my life to meet him if you don't believe in a second coming then you're not going to prepare for it right so we here at end time ministries want to make sure first that you are preparing for the soon coming of the Lord Jesus Christ should I meet him this evening going by the way of the grave, or should I meet him someday when he comes back on white horses to gather us? Actually, what's going to happen is he's going to come back in the clouds with his angels at the time of the rapture. We're going to have the marriage supper of the Lamb in the sky, and then we will come on white horses with him to fight on behalf of Israel at the Battle of Armageddon. It's one continuous event. Some people call that the the, the U-turn theory and everything else, it's not necessarily a U-turn theory. We're going to be gathered from all around the earth and wherever, dead in Christ, those who are alive and remain, will be going to be gathered to Him to have the marriage supper of the Lamb in the sky. Then we're going to fight on behalf of Israel at the Battle of Armageddon. That's the way the Bible describes it, so that's the way we have to teach it. Now, let's talk about the second coming uh, of Jesus Christ. And let me give you a little backstory and then we'll get to that. At his first coming, Jesus came to purchase a plan of salvation, which would allow human beings to spend eternity with him as immortals, the inability to die. And this was accomplished at Calvary when Jesus died, was buried, and rose again. And the redemption plan that he purchased is called being born again. Now, 
for a detailed explanation of the salvation plan, all you have to do, call 1-800-END-TIME, 1-800-363-8463, or ask for the free brochure, What Do You Mean Born Again? Or visit uh, endtime.com slash reborn. And there's a complete explanation on all of that. Uh, and I will tell you, it's more than simply just believing. Uh, the Bible says that the devils believe in God and, and, and tremble. Believe in one God and tremble. So if it was simply believing, all the devils would be saved, right? So there's more to it than just belief. The Bible says he that comes to God must first believe. And so that's the beginning step. I've got to believe that he is. A voice spoke to me and said, I've got something I want to show you. I was so sure God had talked to me. And I was stunned by what I saw. A direct fulfillment of this over 2,500-year-old prophecy. The United States will stand with Israel. Why haven't I ever seen this before? One-third of humanity will die. What do these beasts symbolize? The lion, the bear, the leopard. The combined beast from Revelation 13 represents the end-time government of the Antichrist. Understanding the end time. Now streaming on End Time Plus and available to order at endtime.com slash UET. Go to endtime.com slash UET or call 800 End Time. Are you ready for an extraordinary journey to the region that is the focus of more End Time Bible prophecy than any other? Well, look no further. Join us on an unforgettable journey to Israel. Our adventure begins down in Jerusalem where we will teach on the Mount of Olives, sing at the Garden of Gethsemane, walk down through the Kidron Valley, then we'll make our way north, have a boat ride on the Sea of Galilee while visiting Joppa, Mount Carmel, baptize in the Jordan River, and so much more. Don't miss out on this incredible trip to Israel. Spaces are limited. Book your tour today. Visit endtime.com slash tour or call us at 1-800-END-TIME. Join us for an experience that you will never forget. What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End Time Show's TV and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning end-time prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com slash events to see when Dave will be in a location near you. Welcome back, everybody. And I want to let you know very quickly that this weekend, my wife and I will be in New Orleans and New Orleans, I guess some of them would say, at the First Pentecostal Church of New Orleans, uh, 122 North Dorgenois Street. And Saturday evening, August 26th at 6 p.m., I'll be teaching the new Understanding the End Time and uh, giving a, a, a great overview of our, the new book, the new DVDs, what's that all about? And 
believe me, I've been on a lot of radio and television programs and a lot of different things, and there's so many people out there that don't understand the prophecies of the Bible. They don't understand about world government and the modern nations in the Bible and the, the Holy Roman Empire and World War III and all these things that will impact every single human being on the planet. And there are people that you would think, hey, these guys are in the know, but they simply, they don't have a clue about this stuff because they've never been taught the prophecies of the Bible. The, all the guys, Tucker Carlson, uh, Ben Shapiro, uh, Alex Jones, uh, all these guys, all these big interviewers, uh, a, a Joe Rogan, all those guys, they get a lot of things right, but they don't understand the prophecies of the Bible. So they're missing the most important aspect of it. And so I'm praying that God will put us together with them to help them get the big picture, to get on some of those big platforms, and I want you to help me pray with that as well. So Saturday night we'll be teaching uh, the Understanding the End Time lesson, and then Sunday morning at 11.30 a.m. we'll be going through a lot of breaking prophecy news, things that are happening right now, explaining where that fits in Bible prophecy, and what a great time that will be. And if we have some time, we'll do a Q&A and things like that. Uh, it just depends on how the service goes. So, Looking forward to seeing y'all in Nolens, uh this weekend. God bless you and be safe as you make the trip down there. Uh, because we, when we went to Vider, <clears throat> we had people driving from hours and hours away to get down there. And so um, looking forward to a great time in Nolens this weekend. Now, this plan of salvation that Jesus purchased when he came the first time, it's called being born again. Jesus told Nicodemus in John 3, 3, that anyone who was not born again, would not make it to heaven. And think about that. Remember I told you about the scenario I laid out earlier, that there's a, a set of instructions, a set of things we need to do to prepare ourselves for the second coming. Being born again is numero uno, folks. Jesus said, Nicodemus, verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So at his second coming, Jesus will return both to take those individuals who have been born again to be with him and to execute judgments upon those who have not. Now, I know a lot of people that have skewed that and said, well, you know, God's all love and mercy and grace and kindness, and um, he would never execute judgment on every, anybody. Well, you probably ought to go back and read the Word of God because there have been times when God's judgment was poured out. Have you ever heard of the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. Okay, God destroyed those cities. That was Almighty God that did that. That was the judgments of God that were reported. The Bible gives a specific account of the seven vials of the wrath of God that will be poured out uh, at the time of the Battle of Armageddon upon the armies mainly that come down against Israel to battle. So it's the wrath of God. Now, most folks acknowledge that Jesus did come 2,000 years ago. And, and many have a decent grasp of the events that occurred during his life here on the earth. It's history. Go to your history books and they talk about Jesus being here and things that happened. However, I've ministered at End Time Ministries for many, many years now, almost two decades and I have found that the opposite is true when it comes to the second coming of Jesus. Opinions range far and wide concerning many aspects of this 
it, it, it's the it, it's it seems like a future mystical event. That's what it is, but it's 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 a prophecy in the Bible. It's going to happen as sure as I'm sitting here behind a desk in a studio in Plano, Texas, talking to you. It's going to happen. It's very very real. And even though the the second coming is foretold many places throughout the Bible, there still are some individuals that question whether it's going to happen at all because they've never seen it yet. But if you that's why we go through the prophecies that have occurred throughout time over and over here at End Time Ministries because I want you to understand just like all of those prophecies have come to pass, the few prophecies that are left, they're going to happen, folks. And we want to make sure that you're prepared for this event, this great, awesome, wonderful event that will occur in the very near future. And thankfully, the Bible provides us with a clear understanding of all of this. So, where is it talked about in the Bible? It's talked about over and over and over in the Bible. I mean, God did not want us to have blinders on coming up to this event. He wanted to make sure, I want you to be ready. Be born again. Make sure you're prepared for the second coming of Jesus Christ because Jesus said, except a man's born again, he can't enter or see the kingdom of God. What a travesty that would be to have an opportunity to have done that but said, ah, that's just not for me. Okay, well, yes, it is for everybody. So, uh, let's see, where do we want to start? Let's start with Acts chapter 1. Jesus is getting ready to ascend into heaven. He has just been crucified. He spent three days and three nights in the grave, and then he rose from the dead. And for 40 days, he shows himself alive by appearing to many people at different times. At one time, he appeared to a crowd of of 500 people. So these um, events provided infallible proof that Jesus had indeed risen from the dead. Now, after these 40 days, Jesus led his disciples to them over to the Mount of Olives to give them his final instructions. And he told them, of course, they most of them were from uh, Galilee, up by the Sea of Galilee, up in that region. So, And he's standing here on the Mount of Olives just outside the city of Jerusalem. So what he did, he's basically telling them, I don't want you to go back up to Galilee right now. I'm fixing to leave. But you guys, he gave them instructions, don't you guys go back into Jerusalem and you stay there until you be endued with power from on high. While he was here on earth, he would give them power to go heal the sick and cast out demons and things like that. But once he's going to ascend into heaven, he's going to, he's saying, you guys go and tarry you till you be endued with power from on high. And again, many of them were from Galilee, which was about a hundred miles north. So they could have gone home, but he didn't want them to go. He wanted them to go to Jerusalem. And while they were there, he was going to empower them and baptize them with the power of the Holy Ghost. It was the power of God going to come and live inside of them. So he told them in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 that they needed the Holy Ghost to have power to fulfill his commission. He said, but you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me. When you receive this power, you're going to be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the earth. And after giving these instructions, he lifts his hands, he blesses them, 
And then he suddenly, his feet leave the ground. And he suddenly ascends into heaven while the disciples stood there staring up into the sky. And while they're doing that, two men in white apparel stood by them. And he said, they said these words, and this would be uh, Acts chapter 1, verse 11. He said, you men of Galilee, why stand you gazing up into the heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you, shall so come again in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. Now, this was the promise that Jesus would return to the earth. It's the promise of his second coming. The disciples, they had no idea that it was going to take 2,000 years for the promise to be fulfilled. They had just asked him, will you at this time restore your kingdom? Just before he goes up. And he said, no, it's not for you guys to know. But of course, in Daniel 12, we know that it was for the people of the time of the end, right? And now we can understand the writings of Daniel, which none of the disciples did. So we have a lot more information than they had, right? So though the second coming of Jesus Christ has still not happened, and it has already been close to 2,000 years since it was, this prophecy was given, folks, it is going to happen. I want to make sure I drive that point home today, because remember, if I told you, Hey, all the earth is going to disappear and all the, the land, the, the entire earth is going to be covered by water in one year. And there's a ship that's going to get us out of here in one year. Make sure you're prepared for that. You, you'd stop everything you were doing and prepare, right? Well, that's what I'm trying to get you to do for the second coming of Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm telling you, there's coming a time when the God of heaven is coming back to gather all of us together unto him. And I want you to be prepared for that. So he is going to come again. The promise of Jesus is firm. Now, it is imperative for us to understand that the second coming is not going to be like the first coming. Jesus knew as the time for his return drew closer, people would claim to, that the Messiah, they would claim to be the Messiah themselves. And, hey, I'm the second coming of Jesus that you've been looking for. The Antichrist is going to do that. And it ha it's a frequent occurrence. It happens all the time. But to keep us from being deceived by these false claims, we have been given specific instructions about what the second coming was actually going to be like. I mean, it is over and over and over in the Bible. Many of the writers wrote about it. And this time in the future, it's not going to be a baby that's born in a stable and found lying in a manger. It's not going to be like that. Jesus is not going to slip in through the back door and show up mysteriously. In Matthew chapter 24, verse 23 through 26, Jesus said, Then if any man says unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or, uh, you know, or there, uh, somebody saw him on a fence post or out in a desert somewhere, Jesus said, Don't believe that. For there shall be arise false Christ and false prophets, and show that they're going to show great signs and wonders, insomuch that if it were possible, their very elect would be deceived. But behold, I have told you before, wherefore if they say unto you, hey, he's out in the desert, don't go. If he's in the secret chamber over here somewhere in the Vatican, don't believe it. Well, why are they not to believe it? Because in Matthew 24, 27, Jesus said, For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth unto the west, 
That's what's going to be like when the Son of Man comes back. So, Jesus instructed them not to pay attention to those who would say, the Messiah is here. You hear it in the news. This guy, this Jewish individual is the Messiah, or this European guy, uh, that he's the Messiah up here in Germany somewhere. No. Jesus said, don't pay attention to any of that. Because until you see it, the, uh, the coming of the Son of Man with the lightning, as the lightning flashes from the east to the west, it's going to be an event that every eye will behold. That's Revelation 1-7. So until you see that event coming, when the Lord splits the clouds wide open with His angels to gather His elect with the sound of a trumpet, that's what the second coming is going to be like. It's not going to be some backdoor mirage or some image somewhere or some AI image or that somebody's created. That's not what it's going to be like. Jesus was very specific about that in his Olivet Discourse in Matthew chapter 24. You know, many believe that uh, the Muslim Messiah is coming and he's called the 12th Imam or the Mahdi and that Jesus instructed us not to pay any attention to those claims. When Jesus returns, there's going to be lightning flashes from the east to the west and, and it's going to be very dramatic. He's going to come in the clouds of heaven. It will be a, this, the most dramatic event that you've ever seen in your life. Much more than anything you've ever seen in a movie or everything you could even imagine. Jesus is going to show up in the skies of heaven and every eye will see him. Now, let's talk about some of the different scenarios that will happen and some timing of it and because I want to make sure that we understand exactly about this future event. Because if it's not on your radar, then you're not going to prepare for it. My goal today is to get you to prepare for that. If you don't understand about it, if it's not on your radar, if you're not paying any attention, you're probably not preparing for it. But if I can get it on, on your radar, hey, the second coming's going to happen. God's going to come back in the clouds and he's going to gather his elect. I have to be one of those elect then it will, it will put a sense of urgency in you to prepare for that. Okay? That's the goal of my entire program today. So, I want to, because this is a big misinterpretation, a, a misconception that's out there in the prophecy world, that the rapture, the last trump, the second coming, all of this is one separate event, and that there's a lot of confusion going on about the seven-year differences and all these different things. And so we want to clear up that because I want you to have a very set um, description of the rapture, the last trump, the second coming, all this event, this one big continuous event that's going to happen in the very near future because I want you to prepare for that. So we're going to get deep off into that when we get back from the break here. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. I'll give you all the verses, all the scriptures. We're going to talk about all the different scenarios and do as much as we can before the end of the program because I want you to prepare for the soon return of God. They that understand what is taking place will instruct many. Except a man is born again, he can enter or see the kingdom of God. I don't care what label you've been given or what label you've given yourself. You are essential. You still matter. 
This is a journey, and when we get to the other side of that, that's where our prize is, that's where our reward is. End time is not going anywhere. Satan and the elites of this world don't want you to understand the timeline leading to the second coming of Jesus. You can pinpoint where we are in the end time, understand how you fit in, and be filled with hope in God's plan by watching the future according to Bible prophecy. Go to endtime.com slash future or call 800-END-TIME. That's 800-363-8463. So as we get off into this topic here, there's something you must understand. I mean, this is like a a common denominator that everything kind of centers around, okay? In the future, the Lord is only going to come back one time with his angels at the sound of a trumpet to gather his elect. That event only happens one time in the future. There are not two raptures. There are not ten raptures. There's only one. At the time of the rapture, the Lord will come back in the clouds to send His angels with the sound of a great trump to gather His elect, which is the church. Everybody who has participated in the plans of salvation um, from... In the Old Testament, during the different plans of salvation in different dispensations, whether it was the Israelites coming out of Egyptian bondage, putting the blood on the doorpost in Egypt, or going through the Red Sea, which is likened unto baptism, or being led by the Spirit and eating the um, manna out in the wilderness and being led by the cloud and the pillar of fire by day and by night, or whether it was going through the tabernacle plan or the temple plans, Everybody who has been given instructions by God, a, a, a plan of salvation during the different dispensations and those stopgap measures that were given in the Old Testament, their sins were rolled forward to Calvary when a spotless human being, a human being that had never sinned, had died. Their sins in the Old Testament were rolled forward to Calvary. The Bible says the law was a schoolmaster bringing us to Christ. Then we, today, everybody who has been... Uh, adhered to the born-again plan of salvation and been born again, uh, we look back to Calvary for our plan of salvation. The death, the burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. The gospel given in Matthew, or in uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4. We have obeyed the gospel. So everybody that has adhered to those plans of salvation, today ours is the born-again experience, everybody that has adhered to those, they will be raptured when the Lord will come back in the clouds, send His angels, And the dead in Christ will rise first. We who are alive and remain will be caught up to meet them in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. That event only happens once in the future. One time. 
Always remember that. When you're trying to figure out the timing of it all and when does this happen and you hear about the U-turn uh, theory and the, all this stuff and you get so confused and you're like, I don't know uh, which end is up anymore. I, I just, I'm, I'm so confused. Okay. We want to take all the confusion out of it. It's really very, very simple. God is not the author of confusion. God wants us to be able to understand these things. So always remember in the future, the rapture only happens one time. God's going to come in the clouds, send his angels with the sound of a trumpet to gather the elect. The elect is the church. Okay. And that's another thing you need to remember. The elect in the New Testament is the church. The elect is not the Jews. There will be a Jewish remnant that is part of that. Just like the original church was Jewish-Gentile church mixed, the end-time church will be a Jewish-Gentile church mixed. Read Revelation chapter 7. And so when he comes to gather his elect, he's going to gather those that have been born again, both Jew and Gentile. Okay? Revelation 7 is very clear on that. So the rapture only happens one time in the near future. So... When we read Matthew chapter 24, verse 29 through 31, it helps us with the timing of all of this. Jesus specifically said immediately after the tribulation of those days. Now, pause right here. If Jesus said immediately before the tribulation of those days, we would have a totally different conversation, wouldn't we? Because I'm a, I'm a truth seeker. I want to know the truth. I want to make sure I'm teaching the truth. And so, when Je- if Jesus is saying something, we probably ought to pay attention. So, when Jesus says in Matthew 24, 29 through 31, he says immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun shall be darkened, moon shall not give her light, stars will fall from heaven, the powers of heaven shall be shaken, and then... He's talking about after the tribulation of those days, then shall appear the sign of the coming of the Son of Man in heaven. And then shall the, all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. All of this, according to Jesus, happens immediately after the tribulation of those days. Folks, there is not one verse in the Bible that contradicts this teaching. There's not a book, there's not a verse in the Bible that would contradict what Jesus says in Matthew 24. It simply, it does not exist. And then verse uh, 31 says, And he, who? The Son of Man, Jesus Christ, when he comes back, he will send his angels with the great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Now, This is the rapture. This event only happens one time in the future. When did Jesus say this event would happen? Immediately after the tribulation of those days. Okay, now we're trying to clear up all everything because there's so much out there. If you read the internet, you'll hear all kinds of stuff. But I'm going to go to the Bible. And so, 
Jesus is talking here in Matthew 24. I, I've never had any, I mean, I, I've heard people try to explain away Matthew 24, but you can't explain away Matthew 24. It's the most famous prophecy chapter in the entire Bible. Jesus is prophesying about his second coming. Does it get any more authentic than that? Now, I know the entire Bible is the Word of God. That's why there are no verses that contradict what he told us in Matthew 24. So, (sighs) did we get that clear? We clear all that up? Okay. (laughs) I hope I got my point across. At the second coming, now there's a whole lot more support for that scenario right there, but just let me, just wanted to make sure everybody kind of understood where we're coming from. So, at the second coming of Jesus, because this is the second coming. When the rapture happens, that's part of the second coming. I know I I, uh, saw a big chart somebody laid out the other day where the rapture happens and that's when we go up. There's a difference in the rapture and the second coming because at the rapture we go up and the second coming, we come back. So it's two different events, right? It's not two different events. You're looking at it from a, a, a totally skewed perspective. It's like um, me going to a wedding. Today is the wedding of... me. It's like me going to my own wedding back in 1988. I got up that morning. I got ready. I went to the church. And... You saw, you, and then I looked and I saw my wife coming down the aisle. And then we went to the, to the reception and then we headed off on the honeymoon. Well, three very significant things happened. You saw me coming to the church. You saw my wife coming down to the aisle. We had the marriage. We, have, we had the marriage supper. And then we went to the honeymoon. But it was all one event. We got married. It was not two or three or four or 15 separate events that happened years apart from each other. It was one continuous event. That's exactly how the rapture and the marriage supper of the Lamb and the second coming of Jesus Christ, that's how it's going to be. It's one continuous event. He comes in the clouds, sends his angels with the sound of a great trumpet to gather the elect. He's got to gather the elect to him. That's got to be part of the second coming. It doesn't work unless he does that first. So he comes in the clouds. All the dead in Christ that have adhered to the plans of salvation throughout the different dispensations, the dead in Christ rise first. My father-in-law will rise first, Irvin Baxter, and many that have gone on before him. Then, should the Lord tarry and the rapture happen while I'm still alive, I and many others who are still alive will be caught up to meet them in the air. We have the marriage supper of the Lamb in the sky, And then we go straight to fight on behalf of Israel at the Battle of Armageddon, which will have been engaged when the rapture happens. The Bible is very specific about this. You say, well, how can you prove that, Dave? Very simple. Go to Revelation chapter 16. Revelation chapter 16, the vials of the wrath of God start to be poured out, right? The very first vial poured out upon those who received the mark of the beast during the Great Tribulation. Because remember, we're right here at the very end. Jesus said immediately after the tribulation of those days. So, the first vial poured out, poured out upon those that received the mark of the beast during the great tribulation. It has to happen at the very end. And then, we go, uh, you go to the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth vial of the wrath of God. They're being poured out 
upon the armies that come down against Israel to battle. The battle of Armageddon has been engaged. And the vials of the wrath of God are being poured out. And when you get to Revelation chapter 16, verse 15, after the sixth vial, the sixth vial is where the great river Euphrates is dried up to make way for the kings of the east to come down against battle to Israel. It's getting ready to happen. They're on their way down. There's one verse there that Jesus Christ said, Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest they walk naked and they see his shame. Stop the presses. Stop. Whoa, whoa. Let's stop the program right here. The Bible says, the, the Apostle Paul said in Thessalonians that you yourselves know the Lord comes as a thief in the night. So everybody says, yep, he's going to come as a thief in the night. But everybody gets off when that's going to happen. It's very simple. Go read Revelation 16, 15. He said, behold, I come as a thief in the night. Folks, the Lord only comes as a thief in the night one time in the future. And the first six vials of the wrath of God have already occurred when that happens. Revelation 16 is very specific on these things. So, it's that the first six vials are poured out. They've made, the armies have made their way across the, uh, the Euphrates River to come down against Israel to battle. The church is raptured. We have the marriage supper of the Lamb in the sky. Go to Revelation 19. It lays all this out in perfect detail. We have the marriage supper of the Lamb in the sky. And then immediately, the Bible says, we come with the Lord. We're given our immortal bodies. We have the marriage supper of the Lamb in the sky. And we go straight to fight on behalf of Israel at the battle of Armageddon. The rest of Revelation 19, after the, the marriage supper of the Lamb in the sky, that's the battle of Armageddon, where the, the fowls of the air and the beast of the field are gathered to feast on the flesh of kings, captains, and mighty men. And the Antichrist, this is uh, Revelation 19.20, the Antichrist and the false prophet are cast into the lake of fire burning with brimstone. Now, if you want a chronological order of events of how all that happens, that's what happens right there at the second coming of Jesus Christ. You say, but Dave, I've always been taught that the rapture happens seven years before that. There's no scriptures for any of that. I'm just being honest, folks. I, let's just lay it our cards on the table here. There's no scriptures in the Bible that says there's a seven-year period between the rapture and the second coming. It's all one continuous event. It has to be. So, man, I know I may be messing with some of your theology, but if once you can get this and know that the Lord is only going to come back as a thief in the night one time. He's only going to come back and send his angels with the sound of a trumpet one time to gather his elect. Jesus said that was immediately after the tribulation of those days. Wow. I tell you what we need to do. We've got to prepare for that day, don't we? The second coming of Jesus Christ. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online with End Time Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the End Time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. 
it is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you. sure we clear up a few things here. I mean, that's kind of what we're doing on today's program. I wanted to talk to you about the second coming of Jesus Christ, but I've, I've kind of got off on a little uh, side trail here, but I really think we should do this. One of the things that I want to clear up, maybe a misconception for some people, is that they say the church isn't mentioned after Revelation chapter 4. There's a big teaching out there that the rapture happens in Revelation chapter 4 verse 1. And that the church is called up because the Bible says that John was caught up in Revelation 4.1. Come up hither and I will show you the things that will be hereafter. And that the church isn't mentioned after that in the book of Revelation. Okay, so we've got to clear up some of these misconceptions. Because if you don't understand the segmentation, the skeletal structure of the book of Revelation, then you might come to that conclusion. However, once you understand the segmentation and the skeletal structure, it helps you to understand some of these teachings that are out there. And it helps you to get the truth once you understand these things. So, in Revelation chapter 1, verse 19, the Lord told John, John, here's how I want you to segment this book that I'm going to give you. I want you to segment it, I want you to turn it into three segments. Okay? Most of you have never been taught about these segments, right? You've just taught about the revelation, and that it's in chronological order. And you're going to be stuck if you come at it like that. So, in Revelation chapter 1, verse 19, God says, John, I want you to segment this book into three parts. I want you to write the things which you have seen, a vision that you have seen. I want you to write the things which are, and then I want you to write the things which will be hereafter. So, chapter 1 of the book of Revelation was a vision that John was given by Jesus Christ. Remember, the book of Revelation is the unveiling or the revealing of Jesus Christ. His second coming is talked about over and over and over in the book of Revelation. At least four times the second coming of Jesus Christ, there is an account of that. So, when, we, when we're in Revelation 119, chapter 1 was the things that John had saw. And then... Chapters 2 and 3 were letters that were written to seven churches that were in existence at the time in John's era. When John was exiled out on the Isle of Patmos, he wrote seven letters to seven specific churches. And those, those letters were given to the churches when he came off of the Isle of Patmos. And the Bible says that he was... well. The history records that John was the overseer of those churches when he was um, brought out of exile. And at one point, the church, the letters were delivered to the churches. So those were church, seven letters that were physically given to seven physical churches on the earth 2,000 years ago. That's not written to the church age. There, there are some things that we can glean from that, surely. And, but it's not written to the church ages. Those were seven physical churches. And then when you get to Revelation chapter 4, verse 1, 
remember, there are three segmentations, right? The things which you have seen, the things which are, the things which will be hereafter. Revelation chapter 4, verse 1, the angel says, John, come up hither, and now I'm going to show you the things that will be hereafter. And so what John is experiencing is a vision from God showing him the, the prophetic portion of the book of Revelation. It is not where the rapture occurs. There, there's no scripture supporting that. If you understand the segmentation of the book of Revelation. So, to say that the church, uh, many people had to try to prove a pre-tribulation rapture would say, well, the church is not mentioned after Revelation chapter 4 or after Revelation chapter 6. But the fact of the matter is, the church is mentioned at least 16 times after Revelation chapter 4. You say, oh, Dave, now come on. Okay. Well, let me give you some scriptures for this. The Bible says that the Antichrist in Revelation 13, 7, in Revelation 13, 1 through 8, it talks about the Antichrist, the world government, and the leader of that, the Antichrist. So in Revelation chapter 13, 7, the Bible says, And it was given unto him to make war with the saints. Now, if you know anything about the Bible, the saints in the New Testament are, is the church. Now, there are people that would say, well, these are, these are tribulation saints. These are not the rat. There are people that try to divide the church and say, and divide the bride of Christ and say, well, there's rapture saints and then there's tribulation saints. There's not one scripture in the entire Bible that teaches two different sets of saints, rapture saints and tribulation saints. When the Bible, throughout the book of Revelation, when it refers to saints, it's talking about the church because the church will still be here at that point. Now, I'm just being honest here. And because I want you to know that the Bible talks about many times about the saints during the Great Tribulation. Let me give you a, a, another account here. In Revelation chapter 11, verse 18, this is at the time of the second coming. The Bible says, And the nations were angry, thy wrath has come, the sec- the, and the time of the dead, that they should be judged, and that thou shouldest give reward unto the, serv- to the prophets and to the saints. You say, well, but the saints, the church is not supposed to be mentioned after Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. Well, who's the saints here? Who's the saints in Revelation 13? And I have another question for you. A lot of people have said that the, um, the Holy Ghost and the church has to be removed from the earth in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 because that has to be removed. So that's the restrainer and that the Antichrist can only come on the earth until once the church and the Holy Ghost is removed. I have a question for you. Just a quick question. Do you believe that the two witnesses will be men of God and that they will be part of the church? Well, the the Bible says that God will send his two witnesses, doesn't it? He's not going to send somebody that's not going to be part of the church. So, I've asked this question for years. 
if you don't believe that the church is mentioned after Revelation chapter 4 and that the rapture happened in Revelation 4, does that mean the two witnesses missed the rapture? Okay, let's move on from that topic onto something else, right? Because you say, well, Dave, you're trying to catch me. That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to make sure that you get this stuff. That the church is absolutely mentioned after Revelation chapter 4. But if you are trying to push a pre-tribulation belief system, then you have to say, well, I don't see the church mentioned here at all. Well, what do you do with all these mention of the saints all throughout? Then you got to say, well, these are rapture saints and those are tribulation saints. You can't do that. There's no scriptural support for any of that. So, remember, and this is why I wanted to drive this point home, that the rapture, when the Lord will come as a thief in the night, He'll come in the clouds to send His angels with the sound of a trumpet to gather His elect. When does that event occur? Immediately after the tribulation of those days. And when does Revelation chapter, when does that happen in the book of Revelation? It happens actually many times because the second coming is told about in Revelation chapter 6, at the 6th and 7th trumpet, Revelation 6 and 8, Revelation chapter 11 at the 7th trumpet, Revelation chapter 14 at the parable of the the, the simultaneous harvest, the, the, the angels with the sickles that reap the harvest and the vine of the earth. That's the same thing as the wheat and tares in Matthew 13. And then it's also told about again a fourth time at the seventh vial of the wrath of God. That's, those are all accounts of the second coming of Jesus Christ. If you look at the book of Revelation from a chrono, that, hey, it's written in chronological order, you're going to have the wrath of God happening four times in the future. It only happens once. That's why we want you to get the segmentation of the book of Revelation right, and we want you to get the skeletal structure right. Because the wrath of God and the second coming happen at the same time. That happens in Revelation uh, 6 and 8 at the 6th and 7th um, seal. That happens in Revelation chapter 11 at the 7th trumpet. That happens at in Revelation 14 at the simultaneous harvest. The Bible says they were cast into the great winepress of the wrath of God. That's the same account, another account of it. And then you go to Revelation chapter 16 and 19, and because there's a parenthetical chapters sandwiched in between there, which is 17 and 18, talking about the mother of harlots and all the daughters, Mystery Babylon. But you can read from, seven, from uh, chapter 16 right over into 19. The story continues, and it talks about the second coming, the wrath of God. And so that's how the book of Revelation is structured here. So once you understand and get these principles, I I understand. I'm not not trying to um, be belligerent here. That's not my goal. But I know a lot of you have been taught that the church is not mentioned after Revelation 4 or Revelation 6. And that simply is not the case. That's taught traditionally to teach a pre-tribulation rapture. But there's no scriptures for that. So... I want to kind of clear up some of these misconceptions because, folks, the rapture, the marriage supper of the Lamb, and the second coming of Jesus Christ is going to happen in just the very near future. And I want it to be on your radar. I want you to be preparing for that. Yes, you need to have a family, go to college, uh, have a great job, have a nice house, 
Do, do all the things in this life. You can do all that stuff. But always in the back of your mind, actually in the forefront of your mind, you should be saying, am I living my life and preparing myself for the soon return of the Lord to this earth? The number one thing is to always be ready to go. Jesus said, in such an hour as you think not, your Lord doth come. And folks, none of us are promised tomorrow. I mean, the, the Dallas obituaries are full all the time. I just preached a funeral here uh, a couple, two or three weeks ago uh, for a friend of mine that you just never know, folks, anybody. So make sure that you're prepared at all times should the Lord call you home this evening. And that's the number one thing, be ready. However, there are truths taught in the Bible, and we want to make sure that we understand these truths, right? And so... It, it's, it, it doesn't hurt to say, it's not, it's not going to hurt anything for somebody to say, you know what, I believe this for a while, but wow, I see that in Scripture, and I'm going, to, I'm going to change the way I believe. It doesn't hurt anything to do that. And you just believing what you've been taught your whole, the whole life. And so I've had to change things that I believed. Irvin Baxter, my father-in-law, he had to change ways that... He was raised on some of the timing of some of this stuff. He originally believed in a pre-trib rapture, but once he started really studying this stuff, he realized that it was, in fact, a post-tribulation rapture. That's the timing of it all. So, want to make sure, before we leave today, the second coming of Jesus Christ, it absolutely is going to happen. It's prophesied by the angels in Acts chapter 1, and it is going to happen in the very near future. And we understand, we want to understand the timing of it all because... The church has a big job to do before this thing wraps up. And that's to teach and preach the gospel of the kingdom of God to this entire world. And that's what we're doing our best to do. Why? Because the end time is right now. God bless.